G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports I Fry podcast, hump day edition of the SBF pod coming at you. Going to run through some AFL fantasy bits and pieces today. We're in a little bit of a quiet phase for the next week or so. We do have match simulations coming uh, over the weekend. we got Melbourne and Richmond playing and then a few others will tee off over the next week and then the official games of the preseason of the week after. But I'm going to run through a little bit of what to look for in these match sims and these preseason games. We can't overreact too much, but I'm just going to run through a couple of things that I think uh, coaches would be wise to keep an eye on. I will, at the end of the pod, uh, throw J-Lo on. It's been a while since we've had the great man join the Sportsby Airwaves. And he and I are going to start a team from scratch. We're going to delete clear team for one of us and then we're basically going to talk through which players we think are must-haves in each lines which premiums to back in the rookies and then fill in a couple of spots and i'm sure have uh, a couple of debates about a few players so let's not waste any more time and dive into the episode before i run through these pracky games i did drop my last deck of dt article on the dream team talk site today talks about timmy english who i picked the uh, valentine's day specifically for Tim English, because I love this dude. Uh, when Warney fired out the uh, email message, whatever it was, to say, uh, boys, I need you to start filling out the deck of DT Google Doc, I pounced on the 14th of Feb because I wanted to talk about Tim. He's been in my Keeper League side for three years. He is uh, reminds me of a modern-day Dean Cox. Gets plenty of uh, touches of the footy. Obviously, was the best player in fantasy all of last year. But I don't know if you can start with him. It's a lot of money to cough up if you want Tim English in your side. He'll probably go at 110 plus again this year. He may miss a couple of games. I know that there's some coaches that are fading him due to the migraine issues he had in this uh, over the summer. He's obviously missed time through concussion, had a hammy injury not too long ago. I think that was back in 2022. So he's not the most durable bloke going around. But like I said, he was the best player in fantasy all of last year. So it comes down a bit to personal preference. I think Three of the dudes that I highlighted in particular are better value plays in the ruck department. You got your Brody Grundy. Obviously, he's about two-thirds of English pri- English's price. So I think that it'd be uh, stupid to kind of ignore him. He's the most popular non-rookie in the game. So that makes sense. Maxi Gorn, obviously, is also pretty uh, cheap compared to Timmy English. And I'm starting to warm to Tristan Cherry. I don't know if I'm going to pull it off myself. I might because uh, he looked solid by all reports in North's uh Cracky game earlier today, and he's only 580k. So there's options in the ruck department that you can pivot to instead of paying up for English or Marshall for that fact. Maybe it's just a bit of personal preference. Again, if you've got the cash, it suits your team structure. He doesn't have one of those early buyers to worry about. Lock him in because I know there were a lot of coaches last year who said, I'm going to start without him and I'll just get Tim English at some point of the year. And they never did. As I said at the start, we officially kick off the preseason on Sunday with Melbourne taking on Richmond. I'm going to do a bit of a game-by-game preview because these games span out over the course of the next nine or the nine or 10 days or so after the weekend. So like I said, the D's and Tigers, two teams that aren't full of fantasy relevant names, but I've already talked a bit about Max Gorn. Apparently he was the standout performer in a recent intra-club. I think he can go back to being a hundred point Ruckman. So there's nothing to really be worried about if you're keen on Maxi Gorn. The player that I'm probably most intrigued to watch for Melbourne in this hit out is Marty Hoare. Now he's 307k at the moment. There'd be a lot of coaches that are just plugging him in as your last on-field defender, 12% owned. A lot of people would also be uh, running with Dan Curtin. So they're probably the two most popular cheaper alternatives. And I want to see just how much of the pill Marty Hall gets. We know that 
He's got some runs on the board already uh, as an AFL player. He was axed as part of the COVID list uh, changes, which was a bit unlucky. But I think he can be fielded if he's playing early on. So I'll be watching him, similar with another rookie price bloke in Caleb Windsor. There's been a couple of reports out of the Ds that he's flying this preseason. He's mid-forward in about 8% of teams at the moment. Very popular pick uh, as a cash cow. Is he going to squeeze into the Ds' best outfit? Probably, but... Is he a risk of being a sub? I don't need to see a lot, but I think he, he, I just want to be watching his role a little bit. Jack Billings, similarly, his uh, midfield clock might depend a bit on what's happening with Clayton Oliver. His progression back to full training could see Billings push like a half forward line, but there's some coaches keen on him in the forward line. Trent Rivers's role as well is going to be interesting. He's been pumped up this preseason as someone who's flying. Maybe he's a bloke that pinch hits in that midfield at times. And if he can do that, then he might be a good backline pick, but Again, not tons going on at the Ds. Richmond are probably even worse. Josh Gipkis is a, a cheap key back. Missed all of last year, but he did play as a rookie 17 games and averaged 40. I can expect him to maybe add 10 points, but that's not great. The rookie that I'll be watching intently is Kane McAuliffe, uh, generating a lot of interest as a 200K mid. Watch this space. I don't know if he squeezes into the Tigers team, but he and Clay Hall, those type of really cheap uh, basement price midfield players can generate us a lot of cash. So we'll have to wait and see how McAuliffe looks. The one who I'm very high on this preseason, I can't really justify picking him the way that my team's structured is Jordan, Sh- Jaden Short rather. I don't think uh, there'd be too many blokes pouncing on Shorty, but you watch him come out and have 120 plus in one of these preseason games and his ownership will spike. Uh, Dusty and Shea uh, Bolton, you could maybe have a bit of a tweak out, but... I don't. I think there's better options in the forward line. There's not a lot of the premiums that I like paying up for. Uh, again, they have one of those early buys, so I'm steering clear from a couple of those type of guys. Liam Baker could be a handy draft play as well. Uh, defender mid. Seems like he's been training with uh, the Tigers midfielders throughout the preseason, so if he gets a couple of snaps in the midfield, he might be a solid option, but probably more draft relevant. Next game we've got is on Wednesday. we got North Melbourne taking on the reigning premiers in Collingwood. A lot of rookies and uh, bargains to look at for North Melbourne. We know about McKercher. He's going to be a lock. Dersma, he might not have the scoring that we need. He's more of a key forward, but I think that he's going to be fine as a slow burn play. Again, does depend a bit on your structure. He's 291K, but does have mid forward status, which is a handy uh, string in his bow. Toby Pink is probably uh, one of the most popular North Melbourne fantasy players at the moment. I jumped on the... uh, AFL Fanatics podcast with Bailey and Tim over the weekend. And I was talking about Toby Pink for a portion of it, saying that he's in about a third of everyone's uh, the fantasy teams. And I know that people at this stage are just throwing a 200K defender there that they'll replace later. But I do wonder if he's going to be best 22 for North. If he is, maybe he's a shout. But he's, I just want to watch and kind of see how dominant he looks, what type of role they've got for him. Is he on and off? Is he playing reduced minutes? Uh, be interesting to see how Pinky goes. Harold Sh- Harry Sheasel is going to be another popular pick. I think if you can squeeze him into your back line, you probably won't be disappointed. They're saying that he's going to run a bit with the mids. So I'll be interested to see how much he does snap into the midfield. Is he center bounce attendances? Is it just stoppages and him pushing up the deck? Uh, LDU is someone that has divided a lot of coaches in the past as well. He's part of that midfield rotation. So priced at 879, which there's probably some meat on the bone, 97 points. He is better than that. He's capable of being a 110 player uh, average-wise, but, man, his body just keeps letting him down. So 
I'm probably steering away from Davies Uniac. The Ruse midfielder who I do love is George Wardlaw. I know a lot of coaches are starting to warm on picking him as well. Bryce at uh, 61, I think that he's going to add 10 to 15 points, hopefully more uh, to what he's currently priced at. And then there are, like I said, a lot of rookies to look at. We could look at uh, Riley Hardiman, top uh, draft pick out of Swan Districts last year. Maybe he gets a bit of time as North's rebounding defender. Braden George is another player that might be worth watching. So there's a couple of things that I think I'll be keeping my eye out from a North Melbourne perspective. Looking at the pies, I think I'm sticking with Dick Nakos. I think uh, I did that on purpose. Yeah, Nick Nakos. I think he's uh, going to be that fucking good that it doesn't matter if he misses round six. I know that a lot of the uh, hardcore fantasy fans are talking about a potential tag as well when he clashes with Hawthorne. It's the same reason I faded him last year and I regretted it. So he scored six straight hundreds to open 2023. He might do that again. Let's say he comes out and this is a huge dip, but let's say he averages hundred and, oh, not a huge dip. Say average 110, right? Pretty good season from Dacos. A uh, 23 game player will have to average 104 to reach that mark. So, you know, if you're picking someone like Dacos, who's averaging 110, there's not too many other defenders I have confidence in averaging 104 without that early buy. So I think Dacos is a must-have. I'm not going to really be looking too much into his role. He'll probably produce a highlight or two. But it'll be interesting to see if he is just dominating off that half-back line, if his midfield minutes increase. Uh, the one rookie that everyone's talking about after his performance today in their uh, intra-club hit-out is Finn McRae. Finally looks like he's going to get a chance at the top level, $301,000 forward. I think his ownership as well, it's already pretty up there. There's over about 20% of coaches that have him, but that's only going to get bigger. I think that he's uh, someone that you can target as well. Jacob Bryan was another rookie that I've mentioned a few times this preseason. Don't know if he gets a gig, I'll be honest. It depends what type of outfit Collingwood want to roll out. But if he is playing, I expect him to pinch hit and maybe play half a dozen games throughout the upcoming season for Collingwood. But I don't know if he's going to be a possible starter in round one. Could prove me wrong. So if he's named, then he's another Collingwood player that will have my eyes on. Thursday, we get the Western Derby. We get Sydney versus GWS. Uh, I think Sydney, uh, arguably the most important team in the AFL fantasy preseason. There's a lot of dudes that coaches are really high on and picking or fading them will uh, determine a lot about your structure. Again, they're a team that has the round five early buy. So maybe there's a player you're looking at from their outfit that you're looking to potentially cash out at that point. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to play out. Grundy, obviously, we don't need to talk about too much. Extremely popular. Uh, and I think that he'll be feasting against GWS. The midfielders that he's feeding to, though, uh, are going to make up a lot of uh, talking points out of this game. We've obviously got Taylor Adams in there. Is Angus Sheldrick going to play a lot? Uh, James Jordan, he's another player who's gone in and out of my team this preseason. He's in there at the moment. He's only 454 a uh, thousand bucks in the forward line. So depending on how that midfield rotation looks, and again, like I said at the lead off, don't take too much out of this game in the preseason, really analyze it and have a look. Don't just check out the box scores. Uh, don't dramatically change your team structure because Taylor Adams had 130 against GWS in a game in February, right? You need to stick to your guns somewhat, but it, you can learn some things about how their midfield mix is going to look. How much Errol Goulden and Chad Warner do we see? Is Luke Parker still predominantly a midfielder or is he more half forward? There's a lot in that Sydney midfield that coaches will have their eyes on. I know that uh, Isaac Heaney's name has been mentioned as someone that can even finally get that midfield clock uh, for the Sydney Swans. I don't know if he'll be playing more forward. Tom Papley again, he flicks in and out. I do like Nick Blakey as well. I don't think he's a option for classic coaches, but 
maybe in draft, you'll keep half an eye on him. So yeah, the midfield has a lot to play out for the Swans. Obviously, there's no Callum Mills. He's going to be sidelined for at least the start of the year. Uh, so it paves the way potentially for someone else to thrive while he's gone. Looking at GWS, there's some that aren't really worried about the fact that they're going to have round three off with Tom Green currently sitting in 21% of teams. Now, if there were no early buyers, he would have been one of my first players picked. So I can understand why coaches are paying up nearly a million bucks to get him in. Sounds like he had 50,000 touches in their uh, 15 minute hit out the other day as well. So he's only going to get better. He's a young stud, but I view him as more of an upgrade into the future only because of the other options you've got in your midfield, right? Like I justified picking Nick Dacos with one of these early buys. Tommy Green, I don't know. I think that you can wait on him and hope, hope, pray that there's a little dip in his scoring and you can get him a bit cheaper. Uh, Toby Green was actually the next most owned GWS player, which does surprise me a bit because he's produced some numbers in the past. He's not a household name from a fantasy standpoint, but a lot of coaches would have won premierships having him as a forward. He's 30 years old now, average 88 last year, which isn't great, but it's not awful either. If you can get a forward that's averaging close to 90, especially the way that the forwards are looking this year, then you'd be laughing. But he himself said that he's not going to drift up and play a lot of the midfield that uh, he has done in previous years of his career. He is coming off uh, an 85 average back in 2021 and a 74 average in 2022. So I think something in the low 80s, high 70s is probably more what we're going to see from Toby Green. So it's someone that I probably wouldn't pick, but who knows? He might come out and uh, light up this preseason game and we'll see uh, those 9% of coaches uh, stick with him. There are a few cheaper options as well available for GWS. Aaron Cadman has been someone that's bounced on and off of my uh, bench in the forward line. Seems like he's got a lot bigger and is going to play a lot more games this season. Darcy Jones, another uh, basement priced forward. I don't know if he, it sounds like all preseason, there's always these young guys. It sounds like he's dominating and everyone's picking him to be in GWS's best outfit. So let's see what he does in the preseason, right? What's his role? Is he featuring a lot on the outside? There were a few highlights that I saw of him kind of being a bit of a line breaker. So where he plays will be interesting. Similar with uh, Josh Fay, who didn't get a serious crack at it last year. Maybe he gets a bit more run in 2024. And another one of their draftees from this year's draft crop in James Leake. Sounds like he is uh, someone who's turning a lot of heads early in the preseason. I do wonder if he'll be there round one. But at the moment, Leake is another option, maybe in your back line, 250K defender that you could Look out. Uh, I think I like the likes of Dan Curtin and Marty Hall more, but if you want to bat a bit deeper and we see James Leake do some good things, then maybe he's someone that uh, coaches can pounce on. There are a couple of games on Thursday and the next one is Carlton taking on Geelong. Now out of the blues, Zach Williams is probably going to have a lot of uh, eyes on him from fantasy coach perspective, set to return back to the halfback line after missing a big chunk of footy. Let's be honest, since he joined the blues, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in his body, but a lot of coaches are praying he can just get through the preseason. He's bloody cheap, priced at 49, and his round zero performance will dictate a lot depending on how his uh, break even looks for me. But if he can get through the Pracky games unscathed, he'll be a popular pick. Similar with Sam Walsh, he's someone that, again, that's gone in and out of my teams. There's about a quarter of the competition that have locked him in at the moment. I can't really squeeze him in at the moment. I've just changed a bit of my structure in the mids, and Walsh is someone that is out, but. I might uh, pounce on him again, like I said, if he's uh, round zero performances, really elite and his break-even plummets. Uh, nothing really from a rookie perspective. Some people are trusting good old Billy Wilson, 201K defender mid. I think that's a, a bit of a preseason punt. I don't know if he'll uh, 
play any meaningful minutes early for Carlton. Although, apparently, he's another one who's looking really good this uh, preseason. So, wait and see. Binzi, uh, Jackson Bins, don't think he's getting a game either. But watch him. Maybe he'll, uh, like Billy Wilson, prove me wrong. Razio Fantasia is a name that not a lot of people are talking about, but someone that I've at least got my eye on. He's 269K in the forward line, break even a 30, which is bloody cheap. He is 28 and still has yet to raise the bat for career AFL games. So I understand that he does come with his risks, but it's clear that Carlton are lacking in the forward line. They need another scorer, someone capable of helping their two common medalists down there. So if Fantasia looks healthy and he's uh, kicking bags, then maybe he's another cash cow you can pounce on early in the year. For Geelong, there are some rookies demanding our attention, but there's not a lot happening at the Cats. We don't really have a prime Paddy Dangerfield. Tom Stewart, no offense, mate. Uh, I might even start you in my side, but there's a lot of moving parts going on as Geelong try to uh, pivot between errors and they're losing a lot of experienced players. So which young blokes are going to get a lot of opportunity? That's a real question. Uh, Sean Manor and Jai Clark, they're probably the ones that coaches will be looking at the most. I think if they play in the preseason, looks decent, and they're there round one, then they'll both be fine picks. I don't know if that's going to happen. Sean Manor, it sounds like he's going to play a bit more forward, not as much mid-clock as I probably would have liked. But again, if he is there, then he might be a handy mid-forward that can generate some cash as a 200K bloke. A couple of other guys that I'm at least watching, uh, we've got Ocean Mullen in the back line. Came on and played a couple of games last year, but was sub for a few of them as well and didn't really... Light the world on fire. Toby Conway, he's a 316K ruck. So I don't know if you can justify spending an extra 100 plus grand to pick him, but maybe he'll emerge as their second fiddle and he'll be playing regularly. Uh, and Ollie Dempsey, someone that he bounced in and out of their team at times. He's another victim of the sub vest, but I really like what he does as a small forward. So maybe he can squeeze into their best 22. Cam Guthrie is probably the other player that I haven't mentioned that's worth touching on. He's about 4% owned. I don't hate it. I can see why people are looking at him. He's priced at 84. There's definitely upside there if he can get his body right. He was pretty banged up last year, but this is a 32-year-old dude who's played 236 games. I can't really see him getting much better. I reckon he's probably going to hit 90, which means he's got a bit of growth, but there's other players that I'd rather trust with one of your valuable midfield spots. The third game on Thursday is Brisbane taking on the Gold Coast Suns up north in Queensland. It's interesting to see how few Brisbane players are being selected at the moment. Like Lockie Neal, he was someone that I had in my team for a big chunk of last year. He's only 2.6% owned at the moment. Josh Dunkley, I think off the top of my head, the most popular player rolling into the start of last year. Maybe Sheasel, but Dunkley was right up there. He's only in 2% of teams. So these premium guys are kind of being ignored. And the big guy that a lot of people have slotted into their side from Brisbane is Kadeen Coleman. And I will not bore you with my eighth rant of the preseason is why I think Kitty Coleman is a must have, but apparently looked really good on Friday in their uh, intra-club racking up coming out of defense with hand and foot. So he's someone that I think uh, is a nice value play. If you can deal with his early buy, uh, he's got a lot of upside. Another player that hasn't been on a lot of coaches radars. And I know there were a few clubs at this point of the draft where Brisbane took him that were really bummed and wanted to try and get him into their mix. And that's Logan Morris apparently kicked five couple on Harris Andrews uh, in their intra club on Friday, 31st overall pick. So he's a 200 K forward. Maybe he emerges as a slow burn cash cow in the fraud half. Don't know I don't, if I'm Brisbane, I'm not trying to find games for this guy, but his performances might justify selection. So 
yeah, let's see how he looks. Is he uh, just kicking five against blokes that aren't really concentrating or is he going to come out against the Suns and look like a genuine dominant forward? We'll have to wait and see. Kai Lohman is probably the other Brizzy cash cow that uh, is worth mentioning. 257K is what he costs. Played a couple of games last year. I don't know if he's going to be Darcy Wilmot 2.0. We saw him kind of burst uh, onto the scene as a cash cow last season after he played the finals back in 2022. I don't know if Lohman squeezes into their side or if he's just going to put up more 40s and 50s. So keep an eye on those uh, couple of rookies. Gold Coast have a couple of rookies of their own. A lot of their top draft picks, though, we're kind of fading at this point of the year. I know that having drafted, I think it was four blokes in the top 18, there was a couple of players out there that, uh, a couple of guys out there that were just slotting these Gold Coast rookies straight into their team. We know now that Jed Walter has a pretty serious shoulder injury, so he's going to miss some time straight off the bat. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Jake Rogers. Uh, small nuggety midfielder, maybe he ends up uh, proving me wrong, but can't see him playing at least a lot of midfield minutes anyway. Will Graham uh, was their last draft pick. And then the Ruckman that they took in Ethan Reed, someone that in draft uh, a lot of people are taking a punt on, but unless Jared Witts gets hurt. And actually, now that I say that, he's still got Ned Moyle waiting in the wings. So you're probably going to have to take a long-term approach with Reed, but there are a couple of players not basement priced, but uh, relevant Gold Coast players. They do have the round three buyer, which will scare a lot of people off, but it doesn't, hasn't stopped uh, 37% of coaches locking in Sam Flanders. Now, we know how he ended last year. He averaged 120 from his last three, had a serious purple patch over the last, let's call it third of the AFL fantasy season. Apparently hasn't missed a beat throughout uh, this preseason as well. So maybe he's a bloke that Dimmer hands the keys to in the midfield and he can emerge as a 100, 105 type player. I haven't got him in my team currently, but if he lights up the preseason, I might have to do some structuring and uh, justify picking him over someone like Taylor Adams. Not a huge cash difference, but watch this space. Took Miller is an interesting one. 868. If he didn't have the early buy, I know his ownership would be much higher, but he's in 13% of teams at the moment, priced at 96. I'm going to fade him at the start, but we saw what he did a couple of years ago and he can uh, he's capable of scoring 140, having those massive 50-point quarters if he's tackling, getting a lot of marks. His work rate is one of the best in the league. So keep a half an eye on Took. We'll have to uh, see how many midfield minutes go to Anderson, Rao, Took, Flanders. Bailey Humphrey's another one. Some coaches are uh, keen on him in the forward line. He's priced at about 51, so... We've seen some duds from him. He's quite inconsistent, but we saw a bit of a ceiling as well. He had a 94 from memory uh, last year that I had sitting on my bench. That's why I specifically remember the number there. A couple of other players from the Suns who are generating a bit of buzz off the half back line. We're looking at Connor Butterick and Alex Sexton, who I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, the Traders podcast will have dropped. Uh, Warney and the boys were talking about how much Alex Sexton looks like an option. He's actually a forward priced at 382K, but... I don't know. I don't know if I see it. The early buy does worry me a bit. You're going to put him on the field over someone like Harley Reid or Finn McRae. Can't really get behind it. But again, if he comes out in the preseason, he's scoring seven, he's easy. Then he has a lot of value on his head. Connor Butterick was uh, reportedly the bloke that was doing this earlier in the preseason. But yeah, priced at 56. He did average 70 odd from the two games he played last year. So keep an eye on him as well. Only 22 years old. He might be a player that if he gets his body right, can break out a bit too. On Friday, we've got the Bulldogs taking on Hawthorne. Uh, much like Kobe McKercher, we know that Riley Sanders is a lock in the midfield. One of the easiest picks this year. Uh, so I will move on. The big dogs, pun intended, uh, are the next 
ones I want to talk about. We've got Jack McRae, Marcus Bontempelli, Tim English, some of the most expensive players in their lines. I reckon actually off the top of my head, all three of those dudes would be the most expensive uh, in the midfield ruck and forward line. But I've already had my little bit to say on Timmy English. If you want to pick him, go for it. But I think there's better value out there. I feel a bit the same way with Bont and McRae. I know that Bont had a ripper uh, post-buy stretch as well, averaging 120 plus. Maybe he emerges as the new fantasy gun and he puts up 125 plus this year. It's not out of the question. He's that fucking good. Should have won the Brownlow last year, but say la vie. Jack McRae is another one of those forwards that is kind of dividing how I feel. He's been in my team all preseason. I've actually recently just chopped him. He's not scheduled to play in uh, the little intra-club game that they've got going on, but I don't think that scares me too much. We are about a month out from the start of the season though. So in four weeks time, if McRae has got limited games under his belt compared to some of his peers, then I'll be a bit concerned. Priced at 92, he's clearly the most expensive forward. So I think this is really a year where we can punt in the forward line and skip McRae, your Dustin Martins, some of these expensive guys and throw some darts at the value picks. But yeah, he might end up being a 95, barely 100-point guy, but I think that there's uh, better value to be had. From a rookie cash cow standpoint, during their uh, Pracky game, we did see Harvey Gallagher start in the midfield, which I won't uh, go do it a deep dive on Harvey Gallagher, but someone that the Bulldogs have been very high on internally for a period of time. He has had a couple of injury issues. He didn't do much in the VFL last year, only played the nine games and averaged 50-odd, but he was a late draft pick in the... 30s or 40s uh, a couple of years back. So I think that the doggies are keen on his versatility. He did initially get drafted as a halfback, then played a bit forward through the midfield. So if he is someone that's uh, making his presence felt during these uh, preseason hitouts, we could see him get a gig. It might not even be round one. It might be the month into the year, but 200K forward that is worth watching at least. Another forward that switching teams, uh, a lot of people are looking at is Nick Watson, the wizard. Don't know if he's going to be a fantasy factor. He looks like a nightly highlight machine, and I think he's going to be really exciting to watch from a football standpoint. But there's 23% of coaches that have taken the punt on him. 288K he costs as well because he was a high draft pick. I think you probably look elsewhere. We know that small forwards don't have access to great scores. Uh, we also know that Hawthorne announced that Will Day is going to at least miss round one, and there's no real timetable set for his return at the moment. So... I'm going to be looking for who benefits from the absence of Will Day in the midfield. We know that Carl Amon has pure midfield status, but he has apparently been drifting onto the half-back line. His more natural position that he played with uh, Port Adelaide for a number of years. So if he goes out and we see no Will Day, who's going to step up? Does Newcomb take his game to another level and go 105 plus? Do we get Josh Ward's breakout at 90? Do we get Connor McDonald or Cam McKenzie popping as well as young guys? So that's what I will probably be interested in uh, seeing if Carl Amon is a candidate for DPP, how many half-back line minutes is he playing? Dylan Moore, before I uh, switch it up, is actually another player that surprised me how many uh, coaches were picking him. Not necessarily from a classic standpoint, but I know a lot of draft coaches are high on him. Doesn't necessarily have to play in the midfield to score well as well. So I think he's another one of those expensive forwards that you can fade and probably ignoring classic, but at least someone to keep your eye on in draft for sure. The next game we'll have St. Kilda taken on Essendon. Uh, the most expensive player in these games is Max Heath, uh, locked away at R3 for a big portion of the fantasy community. I don't know if uh, he's actually going to play or if we're going to see much from him, but there are some cheap 
St. Kilda players that I do want to touch on. Uh, Darcy Wilson, their first round pick from a year ago, similar to Caleb Windsor. And I often actually get these two mixed up a bit, but Darcy Wilson seems like an outside type uh, run and carry can break lines with his speed and his kicking ability a uh, bit raw though. So he probably still has a bit to work on and they've got a few guys that fit that brief Brad Hill, might've lost half a step, but he's still capable of playing that role. And they've just obviously recruited Liam Henry as well. So don't know if we're going to see a lot of Darcy Wilson early. Lance Collard is someone that I kind of wanted West Coast to get. I think he would have been electric as a WA forward, but uh, excitement machine as a forward probably won't be the greatest fantasy scorer though. So keep an eye on him. If he pushes up the ground and gets a few more marks and a couple of tackles and touches around stoppages, maybe he emerges as an option, but I think he'll also similar to Nick Watson, be buried pretty uh, close to goal. And the last bloke is Ari Schoenmaker, the last rookie, I should say, uh, in a handful of teams, but I don't know if he's going to play round one. I think that uh, fantasy coaches would love to see it. Booming kick, rated the best kick in his draft, averages a very, very healthy kick to handball ratio, but he's probably not going to be in the mix, uh, at least early for St. Kilda. If injury strikes and any of these blokes pop up, though, then it's worth at least watching them in the preseason and seeing how they go. So, you know what you're investing in, in the future. Uh, the most popular saint at the moment, Jack St. Clair, Sinclair rather, if you can fit him into your back line, I think he's a ripper pick. Uh, I don't really have room for him. I'm currently rocking with Dacos and Tommy Stewart. So uh, Sinclair's in the same basket as those guys, top six defender, Jack Steele. I don't have the same confidence in. He like took Miller and a few others started the year in my team. Doesn't have an early buy. So maybe you can go down that route, but, yeah, I'm a bit worried that we've seen the best of uh, Jack Steele from a fantasy perspective. So keep half an eye on him. There isn't a ton you can watch with other St. Kilda players. I don't want to talk too much about Rowan Marshall. We know what we're getting with him. He's 7.5% owned. But the role that I will be uh, keeping an eye on is Marcus Windhager. Obviously, defender mid, 570k. He had some good scores when he was playing uh, in the back line last year. Probably preferred to be playing down back. A lot of mark kicks, but... Also had some midfield snaps and some CBAs. And I think that he's a player that is quite versatile. Ross seems to really rate him. Potential option down there in the back line. A bit, I know a lot of coaches want to bat a bit deeper. He's not super expensive. So keep an eye on what his role is. Uh, from Essendon, almost a carbon copy. We've got Elijah Sardis rolling into his second AFL season. Currently as a mid forward, there's a few coaches that are taking the chance on him. But... I don't know exactly what his role is going to be in that Bombers side. Is he going to be their sub and kind of burst as a stoppage player and maybe score your 30 or 40 points in a quarter, but he's only playing a quarter, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where he fits in the Bombers hierarchy. We know that Nick Martin's obviously going to the back line. Uh, and if that role is there, you can't really pick him from the start, hoping that he's going to get defender status. But if he's scoring out the dick, then maybe that's uh, a way you decide to pivot. Zach Merritt and uh, Darcy Parrish are the other two big dogs for the Bombers. It's actually interesting when you look at Essendon and those two particularly, you see that Merritt's in 10% of teams. He's got a proven track record of being a gun, but Darcy Parrish isn't much worse. And he's only currently in uh, about 1%, 1 1.6% of teams. Average 107 last year. And I had him for a big chunk of the year and he did not disappoint from a midfield standpoint. So if you want to kind of go against the grain, maybe you pivot to someone like Darcy Parrish in the midfield. Sticking with midfielders, the next game up, we've got uh, the Adelaide showdown, Port Adelaide versus the Adelaide Crows. And Port's midfield is going to probably be the talking point out of this game. We got Butters and Rosie stepping up as young guys. 
what type of uh, performance are we going to see from them? How many midfield minutes do we get from Ollie Wines as well? As well, Those three are all garnering a bit of fantasy attention. I know that uh, I've had butters in my team for a long time. Rosie's popped in and out. And I haven't even mentioned Jason Horn francis yet as well, who hopefully can pick up forward status. Maybe then he'll emerge as a bit of a, a punting classic. I don't know if he's going to be in the mix for a top 10 forward. But yeah, just how uh, their midfield rotation shakes out with those four will be interesting to watch. Someone that I will also be keeping an eye on is Josh Sin. Now, ever since being drafted, he struggled to stay healthy, this poor bloke. He's looked okay in the reserves, but was drafted as a halfback slash winger who can kind of really, you know, again, I feel like I'm talking about a ton of these guys, but use his speed, use his legs, kick the ball inside 50, be a damaging type of player for the port, but hasn't really got a run at it. It seems like the power are eager to play him, but... Maybe he just gets used as a sub. Maybe that's his ceiling for this season. Maybe he's a player that'll play but get subbed off. You don't know. So I'll keep an eye on Josh Sin and I'll also be keeping an eye on the ruck rotation. It seems like ever since Ivan Soldo got healthy, he's overtaken Jordan Sweet in the ruck pecking order. I did talk it up a couple of weeks ago about how Sweet is a bit of an option, but I've pivoted since. I think the extra uh, cash you can get by just going to a basement price bloke is... uh, Probably the smarter tactic for the Adelaide Crows. Dan Curtin is their most popular fantasy player. Excelled as a defender, apparently, in their recent intra-club. Starting him at D6, your last on-field defender, or D7 is fine. Whatever suits your structure, honestly. I think he is uh, a most picked defender. Mm. Yeah, he is now. Actually, now that I look at it, he's overtaken Dacos. So I think he's the most picked defender for a reason. Uh, In the midfield, Led versus Dawson. It's a pretty similar conversation to trying to split Andy Brayshaw and Caleb Sarong, in my opinion, who I will talk about in a bit. But I am slightly leaning towards Landy. I think he's proven it before that he is a fantasy stalwart. I don't think either of them will be bad picks this year. Landy's in a few more teams. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them went a bit of 105. Their midfield rotation isn't going to change dramatically. We know that Matty Crouch is going to be in there if he's healthy, at least to start the year. That might change, but... There will be some other blokes rolling in. We know that Isaac Rankin, Josh Rochelle, uh, Jake Saligo, um, Luke Pedler, those type of players are going to be the ones that are pinch hitting throughout the midfield. So don't be surprised if that's specifically exactly what we see out of Adelaide's midfield. Not a lot else to talk about for the Crows. I don't really like Phil Thorpe. Uh, I don't really like Riley O'Brien looking at a couple of their most popular players. So if there is any changes to that midfield rotation, that'll be worth noting. But yeah, I'll be just uh, watching a bit of Dan Curtin and the Port Adelaide midfield rotation in this one. Last game on the Saturday, we've got West Coast clashing with the Dockers, starting from a West Coast perspective. The kids are obviously going to be watched very closely in the form of Harley Reid, Clay Hall, should he make the round one team? I think that he's a bit of a lock. Uh, Harry Barnett, I've mentioned before, is my R3 at the moment, mainly because uh, West Coast love to play Sunday games, and I'm hoping that he will uh, be a handy loophole option but seeing exactly how some of their other youngsters look Ruben Jinby he looks like a chiseled Greek god uh, love that dude so hopefully we can see him take another step up and have a breakout similar to what a lot of people are predicting from George Wardlaw in that midfield it seems like Elliot Yo is going to be getting uh, quite a lot of <laughs> minutes and his ownership only continues to climb the longer we get into preseason. I don't know if I'm in on Yoey yet or not I did have him last year and he burned me out of the buys, had that really ripper 90 score and then got injured again. So he is priced at 70. We know he's capable of scoring consistent 90s when he's healthy, but it's bloody risky. Another defender from the West Coast standpoint who uh, should also be getting midfield clock is Liam Duggan. 
Averaged 96 last year. He's kind of a tier two defender, in my opinion. He's one of those blokes that's going to average that 90 mark, but you're not going to get too many 120, 130 point scores out of him. That might change if he plays a bit more midfield, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Matty Flynn, from a draft perspective, I think could be a sleeper ruck pick. So keep half an eye on him. He obviously has to clash with Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy. Uh, and pivoting to Fremantle, I don't think you can pick either of those rucks. Maybe you have a bit of faith to start them in a uh, draft league, but to be honest, I'd probably just be steering away from both if they're as good as each other. I'd, there's a lot of uh, other ruckmen I like. More into the midfield for Fremantle, like I said, Brayshaw and Sarong is tough to split. I actually think this is the year that uh, Andy Brayshaw goes back to putting a bit of distance between the two, but I think both can produce at 100, 105 level. We know that Hayden Young's touted to join the midfield mix as well. He should score really well. He's been in my side for eons. I think a lot of coaches uh, priced at 90-odd would have picked him. He's in 35%. There you go. So quite a few people jumping on him. Jeremy Sharp as well. He's a cheaper option for the Dockers. Should get one of those wing rolls to start the season. So in the Pracky game, I'll be watching his time on ground, seeing if he is rotating heavily through that position or if he's playing big, long stints of games there. And Cooper Simpson out of uh, Fremantle, he's another one to watch. Drafted after an injury-interrupted season last year. They've given him Pavs number 29. He looks like a prime candidate, to be honest, to maybe be the starting sub for a couple of these games. But Sean in uh, patches during their preseason fracky scratch match, whatever you want to call it, uh, a couple of days ago. So maybe he's another cheap mid-forward that we can trust. Uh, Digging with a couple of midfield things, in the Dockers uh, rotation. Will Brody was probably one of the best on in that match sim. Uh, did dominate from a clearance standpoint, a lot of handballs, a lot of rugged stuff that we saw him do back in 2022. So maybe he pushes out someone like O'Meara uh, or maybe Neil Erasmus. Neil Erasmus becomes a bit of the sub. I haven't even mentioned Matty Johnson yet. Maybe he plays a bit more outside on the wing. So I'll be watching that rotation a little bit. We know that Sam Switkowski is probably going to miss as well. He's someone that, Justin Longmuir has flagged as a candidate for center bounces throughout the year. So it'd be interesting just to see how the nucleus in that midfield mixes for the Dockers. Last bloke I want to touch on is uh, another defender for them in Geordie Clark, who is seeing his ownership climb slightly. He's still not a very popular player, don't get me wrong, but he's priced at 77, which is a tick under 700 grand. He could be a very nice pivot in the back line if we see him become a plus six machine. He had some bright patches for Geelong. I remember back in his first couple of years as a fantasy cash cow. So maybe we see Clark take a little bit of a step and a leap in production this season. If uh, Freo wants the ball in his hands. And that's the club by club look through uh, all the practice games that are coming up. I will probably uh, dip back in and do a little bit of a review after uh, these ones. And then of course, wrap up the uh, Amy community series, uh, but before I wrap this up, like I said, let's uh, get stuck into the classic team selection with none other than Jack Lothian. We're back in the hot seat, uh, sitting down on Wednesday, one week out from the start of most of the uh, pracky preseason games. So I need some assistance in picking an AFL fantasy team. So I brought on the great man, uh, J-Lo. How are you, Black? Oh, it's it's late night, <laughs> but uh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than picking a fake fantasy team. Uh, honestly, we, we we did this last night, I think, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So excited to give this a little crackety crack. Yeah, it's a good exercise. I've just cleared my team, which I'm sure I shuffled 43 times already today. But uh, I think it's interesting to talk a bit of the tactics, like building a team as well. Because we all talk about players we want, the rookies, 
the mid prices, the premiums, all that shit. But let's get into the nitty gritty of like, all right, like where do we want to spend our money? Which ruckman are we invested mm. in? How much do we want to invest on rookies on the bench? So uh, how's uh, the Kusplorkin boys looking uh, 28 days out from round one, just quickly? It's, it's good. <laughs> Except the forward line. You are known for your unique fantasy uh, tactics. Hence the reason I'm doing this with you and not just solo. I could talk through my own picks, but that'd be fucking boring. So. Yeah, we all know what's going on there, mate. I'm uh, looking forward to see what you bring from a left of field uh, standpoint. All right, I reckon we start in the rucks. Yeah, in. Depending on which big dogs you pick, it allows you to uh, either pick a couple of other premiums in other lines or go a bit cheaper. So... You're rocking with the Team English Rowan Marshall at the moment, right? At the moment. I guarantee everyone listening, all 17 of you, <laughs> that uh, that it will not stay that way. I'm almost certain to go for value in the ruck like I do every year and then re- bloody regret it. So right now it's sitting big and it's it's basically because, and I'd love to hear what you think about this, Al. I just don't... I feel like they're probably going to be the two best fantasy players again and you can get as much good stuff out of Gorney and and Grundy yep. as you want or whoever else you might be going I don't know who you're looking at but I just can't see it matching like this look at I'm sure everyone's seen this right like the screen no nah, no nah, oh. we're gonna record the screen and throw it up but oh, uh, no okay well 600 points extra for Marshall over, I think it was Wits. Oh, O'Brien. Riley O'Brien who's a, was the third best for total points uh, a season ago. Yeah, see, I you know? I agree. I think they're both going to have ripper years, but I don't know if the gap's going to be as large. And I also think there's other midfielders and uh, one yeah. p- defender in particular who's probably going to outscore them this year. So, I don't know. I talked, I did a 40-minute stint before this talking about all sorts of things for the Pracky games and at the lead off I mentioned Timmy English because I did an article on him and I think Marshall falls into the same basket there's just so much value in some of these other characters that I think these blokes who scored 118 117 or whatever it was a season ago they might be like five points worse which is still fucking elite but I don't know if there'll be a huge gap between someone like Marshall and Gorney or hmm. by the time the season's done, there'll probably be a gap between English and Grundy. But I think the yeah the value you can have by picking some of these other rucks is uh, too good to pass up. So let's, so in that let's case, meet in the middle. Do you want to do one of each? Yeah, well, I was going to say in that case, with what you're saying, you think the gap between Marshall and, say, you're picking Gorn? Is that, is yeah, he, so I'm going the Gorn and Grundy combo at so, the moment. So who out of those two do you prefer? I think... Gorney only because Grundy's probably cheaper and has the chance of like he was scoring at his ass years ago but I just think that Gorney's a bit safer to be 105 100 plus like Grundy Mm. might be shitloads better than the 75 points but he might be like 93 which is still a massive win but like maybe I don't know I just feel a bit safer with Gorn as a like bonafide stud ruckman Right, let's go English Gorn then. All right. It's probably not how the spending would usually go. Probably Most not. Most people would go Grundy and one of the dogs. Well, I think that at least, I think like with these rucks, I've said as well, you can afford to do that if you really love English and he fits your team structure. Like just grab the cut because he's going to mm. have 115 probably. Uh, and yeah, I, like I said, I don't think there'll be a huge dip from Gorny. So we got English Gorn and it wouldn't be a ruck lineup without 
a valuable R3, and I've slotted our man Harry Barnett. Harry. Uh, the prospect from the Coasters, who will be a very handy loophole option, yeah. I reckon, uh, yeah. throughout the season. All right, yeah. let's go to the uh, defenders next. Okay. And I think All it's right. fair to say you and I both think that we should pay for a few more defenders and just almost punt the forward line. Is that fair? <laughs> oh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I think you're being pretty fair on my sort of uh, scorched earth tactics up forward. Uh, yeah, but sure. Interesting stuff going on at Quisplorkin uh, HQ. But yeah. I think uh, the first defender we pick is Nick Dacos. Absolutely agree. If he averages 110, which is eight points worse than he was last year, then over 22 games, that's the same as someone averaging 104 for mm. 23 games. So everyone talking about this early buy, I don't think it's going I think he's going to be that much better than everyone else that it's not going to matter. So Fully agree. Uh started with six straight hundreds last year. There's people talking about an early tag. I don't see it coming. The uh He's un- I feel like he's untaggable, man. Virtually. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, Will Schofield was drumming it quite a bit last year. Like why is no one running with him? It's like he's that fucking good. Yeah. He's just a cut above. So yeah, all right. Let's lock Dacos in. Done. Uh are there any other before we talk the big dogs down? Back line. Do you have any uh, objections with me picking Kitty Coleman? Um, I, I don't quite see Kitty the way you see him. I, I think he's... Well, what's his average? He's what's priced he at 70. And the, the reason I'm block. looking at him is if you look at his last like three and five, it's pretty similar to what he averaged as soon as Daniel Rich went out the side. Yeah. And then he did it in the finals as well. I don't think he'll have like 70 points in a quarter and a half like he did in the Grandy, but... I reckon that he'll easily be 85, like between 85 and 90, uh, and a handy stepping stone to someone like Sicily around the buy period. That's how I yep. view the Look, this is, this is a joint team. Go for it. All right. I, hey, thanks, I will admit, I, I look at his price tag and I just feel like there's, there's guys cheaper maybe in the back line that you can get. Mm. You, you're really big on Brady Hoff, not to jump ahead too far. There's no way I'm letting him be selected. Yeah, no, nah, he's side. actually gone back out. My team, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm still still optimistic. So, given that this is a joint team, Mm. uh, what do you say about Tommy Stew? Yeah, I think I really like him. He's not in my side right now, but he's very close. Yeah, I I love the bloke. I got so good. I got severely burnt by like I think it was the day before the season started. It might have been two, but I swapped Dacos to him, and then he had 14, got hurt, traded him out, had 100 his first game back. So. I think I'm, I'm trying to look past that. I agree. He's made yeah. his way into my side recently. so Slab him in. That means we've got one other spot at D3 left over. Hmm. And the guy, you know, we could maybe pay up and slot in a Harry Sheasel. Uh, yeah. You could look at someone. I like Jaden Short, despite the early buy. Uh, a little bit cheaper. You've got someone like Haydos Young. Uh, Nizia Wangaling Miller is around the mark. I yeah. butchered that, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, you did. You know the bloke I'm talking about. Wangaling uh, Miller. Wangaling Miller is uh, the one that I think you and I have both had in our sides the most throughout the preseason. Like yeah. The commonality. Yep. Outside of Dacos, probably. Bef- so yeah, I, I like slotting I'm in that way. Yep. Before we do that, what, where do you, what do you think of Liam Duggan this year? Really like him, mate. I just wonder. Like 96 is what he's priced at. I don't know how much better he's going to be. I wouldn't be shocked if he averaged like... I think he's 100. 99 or 100 and there's like a few points better and mm. he's like, yeah, seventh 
fifth best defender uh, for the year. Yeah, honestly, I reckon he's yep. going to get midfield snaps. That's the talk out of the coasters mm-hmm. uh, preseason. And even if he doesn't, I think like voted as a co-captain. I reckon he's, he's in his prime. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, we won't go him. I, I think. Yeah, we do go Wanganim, Wang Wanglin Malora. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then, much uh, loved figure. Yeah, Wanglin and. Yeah, I mean, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I, I'm warming more and more to trying to find room for Sheasel, but I yeah. don't think I'm moving Dacos. I also, like I said, have Tommy Stewart, so I don't know if I can afford the Shees as well. It's 50k difference, which isn't much between him and the Wang, but, hmm. uh, you know, that could be the difference between getting someone we like later or not. While we're at it, why don't we just lock in the, like, Harley Reeds of the world? Yeah, know? I'm going to throw in a couple of the rookies. I reckon... We've got four backmen now. Let's look at some of the big dogs we want in the midfield Let's go. first. Uh, do you see any uh, benefit in paying up for the top, top dogs? Because most of the ones two. I'm looking for are like just under a million or less, which isn't a huge difference, but Bont's like 60 grand more than that. Yeah, he is 28 though. Yeah. Yeah, no, out of the top four, I think... Dawson and Merritt are the most attractive for me. Yeah, Clayton Oliver's the other one in that four. I think it's fair to say you can steer clear of him. But Yeah, for the Mo. Yeah, and then obviously you've talked me out of Gould and Taranto Green just on buys. Yep, same. Like so I'm the same boat. I, I don't think he's currently in my team, but I, I had an iteration maybe earlier yesterday that I loved where Caleb Sarong was mm. sitting in there. Yeah, he's been in mine throughout the preseason. How do you feel about throwing Caleb Sarong at M1? Well, the three blokes that are almost identical in price around Caleb, there's 10K actually between all three of them, mm. is Brayshaw, Laird and Sarong. And it's tough to try and split between Sarong and Brayshaw and Laird and Dawson for their teams. Like, I think one of them will probably, for both of those duos, have your like 110 average. Yep. The other one will probably still be like 104, 103, but, or maybe they both pop, but it's really tricky to try and pick between that group of dudes. Mm. Sarong is the cheapest out of all of them. He's also the youngest. He just had a massive, yeah, just turned massive 23. year. All right, for the sake of the podcast, let's yeah, mate. just uh, completed a trade in the Keeper League, uh, traded hey. Jack McRae well done. for Caleb Sarong. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm quite yep. content. Uh, so, yeah, it's fitting that Caleb starts at M1. All right. Uh, I think it's fair to say you and I are both pretty high on a pair of Port Adelaide midfielders as well. Yeah, one you're higher on one, I'm higher on the other. Should we just put both of them in, considering we think that they're going to be like an- uh, taking another step up? Rosie and Butters is obviously who we're talking about. Rosie's priced at 106, Butters about five points worse. I think both of them, I can't see them dipping a lot. Mm. Butters maybe like he is more of that like crash and bash type dude gets injured occasionally and Ollie he, Wines is apparently going back into the midfield he just gets a lot of it att- he gets the attention mm. I think he's the one who gets tagged Fair. the most consistently and I I just sort of look at their end and also their for year average like Butters didn't even crack the 100 right 99.5 like very close but yep. And if he finished like a fucking house on fire. And I, I must admit, I'm a little wary of those players. Blokes mm. who finished with a massive, like Sicily is a great example, had a bad last three rounds, still was the top scoring defender. And you're just like, oh, he was cut above. But you look at Butters sort of, you know, just before his last five, where he did, he flew. Yeah. He was averaging, he was getting 80s and stuff in there. Rosie's all year, mate. Like, uh, anyway, that, that's just my thing. But let's pick them both. 
Uh, that's yeah, my little I, thing on Butters, though. I can see that. And yeah. there, there's a world where he doesn't go any better and he's just 100. Like, you know, there'll be three mm. points difference between his he's score probably this still year and the last year. Best player on their side. Yep. You know, like, but sometimes it just doesn't, they don't equal. Yeah. I would that, say Bont has been that. And valid. Then last year he went crazy. Yeah. That game that he had against Melbourne last year in the wet, I think, was like. Not his breakout game, but from there yeah. is when he started popping. So, yeah. yeah, we'll put them both there for now. Love it. Sammy Walsh is the other one that's a little bit cheaper than Butters, who's kind of occupied that third midfield spot for me as well. He's priced at 95, a little bit less than Zachary, but round two by, like the second week of the season, he's going to miss. That, yeah. that alarms me a bit, but I'm starting to warm more and more to the idea of like, if you can, you can afford to have one or two of these dudes across each line, like if we mm. look in the back line, the only one we've got at the moment is Dacos, Gorn in the rucks. And then obviously it'll be Walshie's the first one we pick in the mids. So are there any other of these like second tier midfielders that you like? The blokes probably priced around the same as your Chad Warners. Yeah. well, uh, we're, Newcomb is someone that I am high-ish on. But yeah, who jumps off the page? Yeah, you? I think Chad Warner for me out of the blokes, we're sort of just, we're scrolling through the little sidebar. I'm sure most people can relate. Um yeah, well, uh, sorry, Warner outside of Walshy in that group, kind of, he's got the early buy and that sort of put me off Goulden. But again, it's the Butters thing. I think Goulden gets a lot of attention this year. Mm. And Warner wasn't bad last year. Like, he's still got plenty of the footy. There was just a few of those games where some of the things didn't come together. True. Um, the other one, actually, I really like is Josh Dacos. Oh, yeah? I know that's probably a little rogue, but... He was, I mean, I had him in um, friggin' watching my draft, draft yeah. last year. And he was just so bloody solid and consistent and good. He's 25. Like, his brother's going to be getting more attention than him. You think to go, he gets more attention. I, I don't know. I think he might just be really rounding into his, like, his prime years. And so he's someone I've, I've looked at long and hard. I can't justify it. I'm not going to do it. It's too big of a risk. But another like good him. draft play. Potentially oh, as well. Like Absolutely. He's someone that around the same price or average-wise anyway, you've got Newcomb, Walsh, Warner, Rao, Took. They'll all go before mm. Dacos. So you can How are we feeling about Took? <sighs> a bit the same as I feel about Jack Steele. I'm mm. like, oh yeah, they're both like... Those two are pretty inextricably linked. Yeah. Weirdly, they're like have similar fantasy years every year. Yeah, 2021, they both average 120 plus. Mm. We're like the best players in the game and neither of them since then have really pieced it back together. I'd probably have a bit more faith in Took. Um, I don't know. Roll it, like, I'm just going with the Dimmer Hardwick coming in, changing the way they do a couple of things. There's going to be a few players from the Suns that really pop, I reckon. Mm. Uh, Took doesn't necessarily have a lot of room to pop. He does from a fantasy standpoint, but he's obviously a gun. So maybe it's someone like mm. Flanders or Matty Rao takes a leap yeah, Rao to look could, a bit better. He's priced. He's priced well. 92 average. That's pretty juicy. Yeah, he tackles out the ass too. So mm. if he can just kick the footy a bit more. All right. Well, you know what? Let's put Josh Dacos in there for now. Okay. Just uh, just, just for fun. Just while we're looking at it. Yep. Um, and I tell you what, there's no way I'm picking this fantasy side without putting uh, George Wardlaw into the midfield. Oh, yeah, I fully agree. And if we're putting in one rookie from last year, we expect to go big in 2024. We may as well put another in, in the form of Ruben Jinby. Oh, my. Gin me up. Uh, so we'd chuck in McKercher. 
Yeah, now that we're there, we might Put him well at eight, though. polish the midfield. Nah, I reckon McKercher and Sanders, Sanders are like the clear one and two okay. best midfield, uh, best rookies you can have this year. So oh. I'm like, if you're going to only have two, it's those two. Make sure you Gonna get them. Going to have to see a bit of pre-season. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you listen to the first 40 minutes of this podcast, you'll know uh, exactly what to look out for this pre-season. This podcast? Yeah, I recorded 40 minutes before we did this, just Jesus. talking on everything you can expect in the Pracky Games and what I'll be watching. If you've got to this point, guys, congratulations. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> we get, might split this into two as well. Yeah, uh, let's, say, let's, uh, let's get forward. Let's get into the forwards. So I'm not keen on, honestly, anyone above about 700K. I think that there's probably a dozen dudes that hit that brief. McRae's obviously the most expensive. He's been in and out of my team all preseason, but yeah. I'm back on the get fucked, mate, train. Okay. Um, I just don't think he can go... He might go back to being like 100. He might go back to being the best player in the fucking game. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's 30 yeah. now from memory. Oh, yeah, he turns 30 this year. So it's not that Not old. super old. And it's not like he's like a, ever been an explosive bloke. Anyway, moving on. But uh, Funnily enough, out of the top crew, mm. I think... Toby Green, I have the most faith in. Oh, really? Just to like probably do that again. But you're like, mate, that, I don't know. You, you're not looking for value. I don't know what we're looking for at the well, top. Well, the thing that I look when I'm looking at these top tier dudes, the one who maybe has value is Sammy yeah. Flanders after the way that he ended last year. Oh, like a again, train. Ended, uh, oh, sorry, has one of those early buys. So mm. that could turn you off a bit. I think he's in like 37% of teams. So... Mm. Wonder how Dimmer's going to use the bloke, mate. Yeah, it seems like he's going to just go back to the same role he had late last year and just be dominating in the mids. Um, Hope so. Dave Swallow was on. That hurts too. Good. Some radio interview I heard, and he was saying he's flying. It does, and I wonder, like, what are you going to get from Noz Anderson? There's mm. a lot of moving parts in that Suns midfield, That's but right. yeah, I don't love a lot of the top tier forwards. Uh, shout out to Shea Bolton. I think that he's a probably not as valued and not as highly rated in the fantasy community as he should be but uh he's, another he, one with an early buy he's scary you know like price the 87 he'll give average. you 130 and then give you 60 the next week yeah maybe not this year like, how old is he in uh shots on goal either this year or last i'm pretty sure which is not nothing but 25 he's, he's entering that prime he's, uh, our, he's our age mate you know, nearly at not the, our age, but the age we yeah. like. We like our players to hit. Twenty six is the magic number, so yeah, he's pretty close. Uh, but yeah, as we roll down a bit, I have Jesus. more faith. Just kind of throwing a bit of a, a few darts here. Um, but like I said, I know that you are quite rogue and cheap in the forwards. Well, so let's literally just run through a couple around the eighty seventy mark and see who we like. Heaney, absolutely not. He probably actually will go that or better. Uh, Taylor Adams, where do you stand on him? Oh, I just need to see a bit of it, you know? And that's really what it's been. You know, you've had him in, you've probably got him in right now, right? Yep. Yeah, I just need to see it, you know? But yeah, man, his body's obviously so, the huge so issue. so slim up here, G. It right? really is, man. It's pretty gross. Maybe, Le, like, Lipinski could have a weirdly good year. Like. Yeah, maybe he slots into that uh, Taylor Adams role from Collingwood last year. S- sort of vibe, you know? Like, very possibly... I don't know. Yeah, it's not great. Um, all right, let's make some picks. Let's lock some shit in. I'm well, going to put Taylor Adams Reed. in uh, because I think yep. even for now, you know, at least we've got a bit of an idea as to someone what type of character we're fitting in there. I think we put in Finn McRae as well. Uh, chopped up in their 
cracky game they had today. He had okay. about four straight clearances to start the game. It's good to know. Had 15 touches at halftime. Had like what some people counted in the first quarter, like 50 fantasy points. So okay. I reckon he's the jit. Then there's a couple of mid-priced... Well, I would say they're even cheaper than mid-priced blokes that are interesting me. Uh, do you have any love for Jack Billings? Uh, again, it's a wait for me. I think with Jack Clayton Billings. Oliver potentially... Looks like he's not going to miss a shitload coming mm. back in. I wonder if he gets buried on the half-forward line or worse, even used as their sub sometimes. Like, Yeah. His foot skills are elite, but he's, you know, he's 28. He's, he's not, not exactly that old. old. Yeah, he's same age as... I think he's Bont's draft class yeah. from memory. Yeah, he's someone I'm looking at. I also uh, am very intrigued if you get even cheaper by uh, a bloke by the name of Nathan Fife. Jesus. He is 491k, okay. which is very cheap. He's mid-forward. His break-even's 54. Uh, if yeah. his body's right, it's a bit of a similar... Did he, to Taylor what, Adams Let's look at his Last year's games Mate all, all five of them You can't Like he didn't play Last year Well <laughs> That's what I'm saying Like if you pick him You know that it's a risk He played a bit Like he just He was the sub For about five or six weeks So he's Let's look at his last Four he played He's gone 83 47 73 46 Yeah and before that He went 55 And maybe that was A subbing yeah, Or an injury subs. 39 Yeah I'm not saying Pick him because he was Great last year I'm saying pick him Because he's healthy now You know, I'm, you know what I mean mm. Yeah Anyway Around the same mark You got Jimmy Jordan uh, He averaged 70 In the games For his whole career That he hasn't played In the vest And it seems like Sydney They might not give him Huge midfield minutes, but I think they—he was one of the like first trades completed. Yeah, this off season, I think that I definitely like him more than that. Yeah, I think I do too a bit. I'm just trying to give uh, Fifey some love, but I think Jimmy Jordan does offer some value. Does leave you with a lot of early buy players in the forward oh, yeah, line. Yeah, geez, okay, bit of whatever. Um, yeah. And the other one who has bounced in and out of my team, if he's playing round one, I'm picking him is Elijah Sardis. Yeah, uh, great numbers as a junior. Did his MCL in the preseason and then played VFL, was averaging about 100, 105. Came in and played four games, averaged about 65 and was pretty decent doing it. So I don't think he's going to be worse. And because he only played a handful of games, he's priced at 53. So yep. what do you throw, reckon, lock him in? Throw him in there, bruv. All right. So we're kind of missing another expensive forward. We're missing a few backmen. But I'm starting to like the uh, shape bad. of our team. I'm going to put bad. Dan Curtin in yep. defense as well. Yep. Um, how many defender rookies do you reckon we need? Um, can we fill that fence, last sorry? forward spot? Then we know what we've kind of got. Like. Yeah, well, I guess it just depends on how much we want to spend on let's, this forward. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Like Connor McDonald, someone that I like as well. Slow down. Great Slow down here, boy. You're going fast. You're going to who you, you, you're going to the people you know. Let's right, have let's a dive. Let's go back to the top. So, or near the top. Keezy is one of those guys like two years ago, maybe it was three. Mm. You're like, you must have him at the start of the season. You're like, he, I'm sure we, yeah. I've said it on this podcast. Uh, you must have him. So I think I'm he's super just been interest- squeezed out of their oh, midfield mix now. Yeah, so. absolutely. But I don't know. I just, uh, he interests me. Yeah. So. Not a terrible shout. Don't hate it. Just worth, um, just worth talking Mitch about. Mitch Owens is priced in the. Uh, Terry like was flying late 70s. last year's big Jess Hogan. Yeah, Priced big games up. half of bugger all. So don't trust him. Wouldn't pick him. But I don't know. Where it, it is at that point in the forward line, you're just like, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know what we're doing. So, yeah, let's go with uh, Josh Rochelle. For now, okay. Just as a price yeah, uh, keeper. A, yeah, yeah. And then I'll fill out some of these rookies. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Now that I'm like looking as we built this team, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to grab this bloke or do this. And then I'm like, oh, oh no, that's right. I've got Tim English in my team. Don't have as much money to play with. But that's okay. We'll pivot and adapt. Mm. Um, what other rookie do we need? We need put Jeremy Sharp in the midfield. Let's put Clay Hall in there. Need another coaster. Running out of money. We are running out of money. But that's okay. We can chop uh, Rochelle. Yeah, because I was actually just thinking like... Oh, and like, it could go either way. But do you trust Rochelle to have... I mean, it's a, again, a wait and see... Do you trust him to have a lot more points than Zane Dersma? You know? I'd, I'd, and that's where it's at with the forward line. Like, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Do you Dersma, know what I mean? Like, Dersma's a key forward, though. Yeah. Still, though. Yeah, like, I know what you're saying. There's like You could throw a dart at 15 of these blokes in the second tier of like your top 50 forwards, and it wouldn't shock me if they average 65 or 85. Yeah, right? you like McDonald... Yeah, I'm he's, pretty he's keen on uh, what he can produce. But we, I guess we're looking for... We need to go a bit cheaper, I think. Cause yeah, go fill that last forward bench spot and the sub spot and stuff, just so we like... Yeah, I've got, got most of it done now. Let's just go with good old Sean Manor out of Geelong as another uh, forward Manor. bench pick. So we now have two on-field defenders missing and one uh, on-field forward and... 1.18 million it's to spend. not a lot of money. That's not all right, though. Uh, Marty Hoare at D6. Should play. Okay. Um, he's done it before. I'm hoping he can do it again. I think uh, if he's playing for the D's round one, he should uh, be a couple of 50s or 60s. So, so is this last spot to fill we got forward? We got two spots to fill and 870k. That's not so great. That means in the forward line, if we pay up a little bit, we're looking at someone like Nick Caulfield in the back line. Mm. Um, if we go a bit dearer in the back line and put like a Marcus Windhager in there, then we're looking at like a rookie, which means... Well, I don't hate that, actually, the idea of playing another rookie in the forward line. Because mm. what have we got? Let's have a look. We have one on-field rookie in defence, two in the midfield, and two in the forward line at the moment. So, there's only five rookies. A lot of cheap, speculative characters in the midfield... Uh, in the... Um, forward line as well but if we just put someone like Caleb Windsor onto the field and put our good old mate uh, Zane Dersma down there that means we get left with 579,000 to spend in defence it's going to be tough but we'll see that's around your sort of uh, Brady Hoff kind of area yeah there's the good old Marcus Windhager uh, addition not for me, old Windy. Heath Chapman doesn't really interest me. You know me. who I like as a player, just quietly, is mm. that Dylan Williams. Is it Dylan from yeah, Port? Yeah, from Port. Yeah. Oh, he's a gun. Yeah, Mark I my like words. I could see him actually having a good fantasy season just quietly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's looking pretty slim up here, Al. Um, well, you know what? It almost fits perfectly salary cap-wise. And let's not make this take three days. If we put Marcus Windhager in, that leaves us with 9000 bucks. Okay. Pretty content with that. So we're rocking with a defense of Dacos, Stewart, Wanganine Miller, Kitty Coleman, Marcus Windhager, and Marty Hall. So we've only got one rookie down back. And then we've got Dan Curtin and just a placeholder in Jacob Ryan. Mm-hmm. 
pretty happy with that. I do like the top of it. Uh, midfield, we go Sarong, Rosie, Butters, Josh Dacos, hmm. George Wardlaw, Jinby, McKercher, Sanders with uh, Jezza Sharp and Clay Hall on the bench. Looks eerily similar to my team. Yep. Uh, Rucks, we paid up for English and we've got Gorn. I don't hate that, actually. That looks quite nice. It might, uh, yeah. might make me <laughs> really think a bit of my structure. Uh, and then the forward line... Well, boy, we paid up for Taylor Adams. Paid up for. He's our most expensive player at <laughs> yeah. 690k. And then Jimmy Jordan, Elijah Sardis, Harley Reid, Finn McRae, and Melbourne's draftee, Caleb Windsor. Kind of like it. Junk. Projected yeah. score of... Uh, oh, hang on. Let's give... Who's our highest projected? Out? Oh, I'll give Tim English the captain badge, right? Yes, sir. And then make Caleb as our M1, the vice. Projected score of uh, 1,712. I've seen higher, yeah. but I've definitely seen lower. Yeah, I wonder what mine would do, right? Like my actual current team would do uh, right now. Because I've got to admit, there's not a lot of difference nah. in terms of structure. This is a nice blend between yours and mine. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll i wait to see on Taylor Adams. He may make his way into the forward line. There's a, And there's a few blokes over preseason. If they put up big preseasons, we'll all jump on them, yeah. right? But... Um, because I was it Goulden last year who did that, and I, I remember oh, just yeah. thinking like, oh, he pff, went bananas. Okay, yeah, he's gonna do that in the scene. He fucking did, and the then bloke. he did. He like actually did it. Yeah, he was unreal last year. Yeah. Anyway, so Taylor Adams, I don't love, but the rest of it looks very similar to my team, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, I reckon if if it was my team, I was making, I would probably go English down to Grundy, and then with that cash, maybe grab another forward. But around the same price. Uh, Caleb Sarong and your Josh Dacos have been different players in my fantasy team. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. unhappy about it. Yeah, see if it sticks. Yeah, I'll take a screenshot and we'll uh, post this on the uh, Sportsby socials tomorrow of the collective team. We'll leave Josh Dacos in there, give the man uh, some love. Of course, mate. Yeah, we picked it. we got to keep it. And uh, I may as well make a fake email account and make this team and see if we win a car. How good did that be? <laughs> that would be pretty fun. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, Sports beans, sports beans, <laughs> sports beans. Tell us what you're doing with the forward line, because boy, am I confused. Yeah, you, you, and everyone's been listening to me be very confused on national radio. So, <laughs> might have to uh, help me. Might have to pump out a uh, SBF fantasy Q and A and get J Lo to jump in and uh, talk all things fantasy. I'm sure that'll help straighten out some of your rather, uh, left I'd, of field questions. I'd rather it be us asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who wants to hear me <laughs> yeah, answer so. their fa- fantasy questions? Uh, we'll, we'll talk them through. We'll it. just reverse roles. Uh, so, yeah, on a related note, looking for a new uh, co-host on yeah. the Sportsby pod. Yeah. Nah, yeah. thanks for... Uh, Look on Seek. <laughs> thanks for jumping in, sitting down, mate. Anytime, uh, mate. We picked the winning fantasy side here. I love it. Uh, 28 days till fantasy footy starts. Good luck with all your tinkering Thank you, with mate. the Chris Blorkham boys. Not going to do it any until mid-preseason, I don't think. I think it's yeah. just... I say that, but there's yeah. no way I'm sticking fast. This will be... Di- <laughs> yeah, your whole team will be redone tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Blake. Thanks again. Uh, till next right, time. Chippy Windy. Yeah.